Okay, so uh, I uh, hijacked the entire episode last time, so I'm very interested to hear what you guys have to say this week. <laughs> Why though? Uh, well, well, I played Stray a little bit. I haven't oh, finished ooh. it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a pro gamer speedrunner like Tony is. It's true. But I am officially a speedrunner. <laughs> <now>. Officially, <laughs> speedrun.com slash things. Um, but I played it a little. Yeah, bit. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> I think I think I'm still probably pretty close to the beginning. I don't know. Um, I'm currently meeting the outsiders for the first time, mm-hmm. um, which feels feels kind of beginning ish to me. But it's it's fun. I like it. I don't think it's the type of game I would normally play, but. Knowing how short it is, and it it is also pretty fun. I I will eventually finish it. It's not it's not like the prime game I'm playing right now, but it's it's I'm not gonna completely abandon it. Not a game you would normally play. Yeah, me. I why, have the same feeling. Why Why is that for Explain you? Explain yourself. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's, it's, it sure isn't Monster Train, but yeah. I mean that that's kind of it. I mean, right right now, especially, I'm into like roguelike deck builders that's kind of my jam right now um mm. but i I'm, I'm not somebody who loves a game that is i'm gonna go ahead and say like 95 percent exploration based mm-hmm. that's i mean i want like a little more action in what i'm playing or if it's like a deck builder game i want it to be you know well a deck builder game strategy whatnot but uh with this game it is it seems like at least so far from what i've seen it's entirely exploration with like maybe a a a, a smidgen of puzzle and and it's it's fun and it's very well done and i totally understand now why you said it couldn't be a dog Um, (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah it's it's definitely outside of the realm of what i would normally choose to play yeah, like it's 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 a lot of exploration. It's platforming. It's uh, it's collecting. Right, the game is yeah. Kind of, you know, I think just barely passes muster as a collectathon. Um, yeah, all all those things that are not what I like to play. <laughs> not not typically what you like to play. It's it's funny how much this game um reminds me of the it's it's kind of like The Last of Us Light. I feel like for me, yeah, not I only because it. it's much shorter, but because there's um. I'm not going to say no combat, but the the combat is, you know, of course, very different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it also, I, I, I can't put my finger on why, but it does have a similar vibe, I feel like. Like, it's, I, I mean, it's not a zombie game. Post-apocalyptic. You know, yeah, it's like humans used to be here type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely can understand why you would think that. Yeah, you're, you're moving through uh, normal... Uh, you're moving through a you're moving through a human built environment that's in a ruin and completely unpopulated, and you get well, there, the... are, there are robots, <laughs> and you get what I think is a really beautiful aesthetic of like you you have like the 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 nature kind of reclaiming the the human built environment, which uh, I'm sure yeah the Last of Us must not be the first game that did that, but I can't no, think I of would... an earlier example. I, I can't either. Leave one sure. in the comments, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to know. I'm always looking for games like that because I think I've discovered over time that I'm also just like kind of a sucker for that like aesthetic. I just yeah, that's I, one I of really my favorites. Like I think it's just like wishful thinking. Like maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll get there. <laughs> maybe we'll get there. So this is like, but this is like the half, not half, or I don't know if Half Life would fit into that mold, but like Fallout sounds like it would fit into that mold. 
Yeah, I, I don't know how much... I, I'm not super familiar with, with the Fallout games. I've played them a little bit, but I don't know how much, like, nature reclaiming is in it, but it but it's... I think it's probably mm. kind of similar. The Fallout aesthetic is a similar aesthetic, but at least... Uh, now, I haven't played the, the, the newer ones, um, but at least in the older ones, uh, it was much more of a, like drab and brown wasteland desolate wasteland landscape as opposed to i feel like it doesn't have that same uh beauty that uh these other games right but but it is a similar thing you're right yeah well yeah it's not the nature taking over aesthetic of post apocalyptica yeah taking it in a different direction but so you're saying you're a sucker for the specific aesthetic of the the reclaims nature aesthetic of yeah. post-apocalyptic. It's not like all humans are dead. That's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, wishful thinking, right? <laughs> yeah. At, at, le- at least for me, it's, it's the, you know, we've, we've, I mean, we fucked up this world a lot. Um, and it is nice to see some of that fixed um, in a certain way that that's kind of what I like about it. Yeah. There's this sort of, um, yeah, there's there's that, and I think for me this is like, I, I don't know, maybe this is too personal, but it's like <laughs> it's I, I I sort of I guess like this idea of um the escapism of it of escaping into this world where that where there isn't the structure and responsibilities mm-hmm. and all of the sort of like sure all of the things you're accountable to in real life back right? to basics like, kind of yeah that's nice right too. yeah like a sort of back to basics feeling as i no think the rent. most charitable way that yeah <laughs> yeah no that's i can get behind a no rent world that's if, if i need health care i just need to go find some bandages it's great yeah right, just eat some candy bars like, yeah, this is great <laughs> just forage for advil in the bushes <laughs> yeah i mean and because of that because it has to be a game it is like a really of course like almost childlike view of uh, like ideal view of what that mm-hmm. of like li- what living in a post-apocalyptic right. landscape would be of course it, it wouldn't uh it wouldn't really be that simple but but that's what makes it enjoyable you know i mean otherwise it would i mean actually living in post-apocalypse would I'd uh, die sure immediately not be as fun as... <laughs> <laughs> so long as we're all down to earth enough to accept that reality i think that's healthy and i applaud us <laughs> i'm barely making it in in the world we currently live in if, if there was an actual <laughs> apocalypse <laughs> be screwed uh, just skating by <laughs> well if you really are interested in the destruction of all humankind i think there's a game literally called destroy all humans so maybe I've, that's i've worth played it out. oh yeah, I, yeah that i wasn't expecting it was a ps2 ps3 game um, yeah, right. yeah i think i don't like know that. what it was on it was it was early playstation i don't think it was all the way back on ps1 but um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was exactly what it says on the cover. You know, you are just going around killing a bunch of humans. Yep. Uh, it's very, very simple. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, reminiscent. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, this new game that that's going around. Um, it's not out yet, but it was it was announced, and it's I I think it's just called Squirrel with a Gun. Um, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You are a squirrel with a gun. Um, and stray too. <laughs> um, it it looks really fun actually though because the guns are not scaled to the squirrel. Um, so you can do some really fun things with like physics Amazing. and recoil. <laughs> uh so so wow. it's, it's, I, think, I think it's gonna be on steam it, it's i'm I'm gonna check that one out 
chance to get a little goat simulator. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sh- yeah, I bet. Yeah, I was I was constantly joking as I was playing the beginning of Stray like, yeah, I wonder when the cat gets a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but Stray's uh Stray's fun. I it, yeah. since we last recorded, I dipped my toe into speedrunning a little bit. Um Oh yeah, as we should actually were, just talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> as many people were inspired by the one one of the achievements is to finish the game in under two hours. Mm-hmm. Um which is I, I I really I really um like that as a speed running goal for that game. I think that two hours is uh pretty achievable for most people to do in any percents. If you just if you played it once or twice and you just kinda know where everything is and you know where to go. I think it's uh uh, and and you got some good platforming skills. I think I think it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, so I I did that, and I was like, oh, I wonder what it's gonna be like. And so, to like actually try to actually speed run it. And so, uh, the Stray speedrunning community has a Discord. It is uh, it is a booming Discord. It uh, <laughs> now already has like yeah. over a thousand people, I think. And uh, there's there's a lot of interest around speedrunning this game. I've been enjoying a lot just um part of the sort of the the little culture of this game as it's just getting started i think there's something really special about like being there at the beginning of a game's Mm -hmm. sort Mm -hmm. of speed running journey as players you know get into it and you know figure out how to break it and take it apart and and things like that um and i've gotten to watch some people that are uh, way better at doing that than i am like people who are like actual glitch hunters and things like that like figuring out how to break the game it's really it's it's really crazy it's kind of amazing um there's there's already a bunch of skips that are found some of them have fun names there's a very minor one in the final chapter that's called zoomies which i enjoy <laughs> where you can um you can use the geometry of a of a stairwell to uh make the cat go faster and it's it's kind of like the cat has zoomies <laughs> um there's uh yeah, there's, there's, yeah, and, and well, I, yeah, I, I won't talk too much about them because they're spoilery. But well, so, but this is kind of what I've always thought about is the interesting difference between speed running and traditional professional sports is that there is so much more of an emphasis on tooling with the game, breaking the rules, restructuring, and discovery. You can't. The the path to the top of speedrunning isn't just uh, exercise and training multiple hours a day. Um, certainly the very top requires that, but I think I can make an easy argument to say it's more important to just find the next like big glitch or big skip. Um, I, I don't look at that as breaking the rules though the, i i think the rules are well, established give me, by give the, me some leeway here on the my verbiage like i'm gonna, I'm gonna go with no um the rules are wow, established what a dick wow. <laughs> wow. the rules are established by the developers and you're you're trying to figure out what are you able to do within the bounds of those rules you're you're not like recoding anything you oh, are using shut what up you're mr giving. i cheated to get an achievement so, i don't even want to hear this from you so i i i do want to detail that a little bit because everything we've been talking about so far only applies to um as they call them unrestricted runs ones that allow you to break the game uh almost any way that you want and even so even if you do that there are certain rules 
uh, that the community sets up. You know, you're not allowed to literally hack the game. You're not allowed to change game files. You're not allowed to use mods, things, things like that. Um, you have to, uh, yeah, you have to break the game within the game that you're given. But, but the kind of running that I was doing was actually didn't use any of that. I would just, I have an appreciation for all that, but I'm actually, I'm not that interested in like, uh, uh, tricks are hard, <laughs> and, I'm just, and I'm more interested in just like, um, trying to play the game as as fast as I can. Right, and... performance over breaking the game. Right, exactly. And so uh I'm I'm more interested in glitchless runs as they call them. And and and, and those and those are the ones I do. So the rules around those imposed by the community are much more restrictive. There's you're not allowed to use any of these breaks or skips that people find and you just have to basically play the game as intended. And there's a bunch of specific rules to detail what that actually means. And and on top of that, I was doing hundred percent runs where you um you you have a couple of collectibles in this game, and um that you play through the whole game as it was intended, and you collect everything. I thought it was nice to start with that because I'm still I, I think I know the game pretty well, but I'm still in the pro I feel like I'm still in the process of learning the game, and that's something that I I feel like I learned through this process is or kind of stumbled into is if you want to learn a game doing 100% runs I think is a good way to do it because you you have to know where everything is mm-hmm. and then I think beyond that if you if you know where everything is then I I think personally it's easier to know then what to skip and how you can optimize and do things faster um but surprisingly different people have different feelings and thoughts about that and other people uh, would much rather just you know, study the any percent runs and jump in and try to you know cut out as much as they can. Uh, so, yeah, lo- lots of different opinions, but that's what I'm starting with. Well, we touched on this briefly last time. It depends on your objective. Like, if your objective is to get you know a record on the board, then yeah, just study the known strats, just practice those and execute those, and you'll get a pretty good time. But if you expect to be doing many attempts over a long period of time then you just want to work on your fundamentals knowing the game and being able to anticipate things that can go wrong and find alternate routes if if things they do because those are the things you need to know in order to do many attempts to climb you know higher and higher on the boards you're not you're never going to get to the highest just by studying like the few strats like you really got to get involved to get to the top spots and that compounds the longer the game is like <laughs> part, yeah, part of absolutely. the reason why stray is such an approachable game and why i've been having fun with it is that with just a few tries i can be completing runs in under two hours of real time i think that that's really valuable <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah absolutely other other games you want to get into running them it's like in the beginning when you're first learning it if it's going to be taking you like eight ten hours every time you do it that's like it's just that's that's a lot or more that's that's a lot of time you know and it's it's kind of funny i'm looking at this and then um i've been sort of um on 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 and off watching last of us speed runs and i I went back to uh watch one like actually sit down and watch one the other day and what really stood out to me now that i've been trying this more is just how tightly optimized a game the last of us is at this mm-hmm. point that it's it's actually extreme it seems to me very intimidating to get into trying to run that game because the time saves and like the the innovations in the run are in 
you know, seconds or fractions mm-hmm. of seconds yeah. <laughs> as opposed to when you have a new game, it's like, oh, you know, like I, I do a run and then I do a, a second run and I save 10 minutes. It's like, yeah. you know, there, there's like a lot more, there's a lot more variance. There's a lot more, um, people are still figuring out the routes. There's, um, yeah, you're still, there's optimizing. a couple of big, yeah, there's a couple of big open sections in the game where there's a lot of flexibility in what order you do things, and that's part of what makes this mm-hmm. interesting too, because there's a lot of um, you know interesting challenge in figuring out what the route for that section is, especially if you're doing 100. percent You have to you have to do you have to get everything. So, so I'll try to make my point again, <laughs> Dan, which was not about the rules and the boundaries. Fine, yes, I agree with you. What my point was a distinction between speedrunning and other sports is that a lot of speedrunning is about I'll I'll give you this figuring out what the boundaries are because mm-hmm. besides the developers intentions they don't know the bugs that'll enable speedrunning yeah. strategies uh and that's all completely on the community's uh responsibility so that being a much larger part of the competitive and professional experience um has it's just it's just an interesting thing like i've i've always understood i feel like in it's through that lens that i've understood why speedrunning isn't as big a thing as like professional sports because on the daily they really are accomplishing like two different things where if you're following speedrunning you're often following a journey of figuring out how to beat the game as best as possible um by discovering the boundaries not just getting better at it Mm -hmm. and if like there's there's actually a a tangentially related example that came up there there have been Mm -hmm. several things that um again part of the interesting thing about being there early in the community is that there's all these uh all these rules and standards that have to be decided (laughs) sure and um something that one one of the many things that's happens is uh there was uh there was a bug in the game that allowed uh basically allowed us uh a skip that saved a lot of time like skipped a whole chapter saved like you know over 10 minutes yep maybe like 15 minutes of time it was it was it was a huge skip right in a two hour Um, or less speed run that's a lot right that's that's a lot of time and uh and they fixed it and and the developer patched it (laughs) so it, it was no longer possible in the new version of the game and uh all the all the glitch hunter people in the community were obviously not happy about this and they actually reached out to the development team <laughs> and the development team actually responded to them <laughs> and made an older build of the game available as a beta build hmm. which i was very surprised so there was uh there's like a there's there's an option in steam where you can like uh you can go into a game settings and there's a beta page. And if you have a special code, you can, you can get a different build of the game than the latest build. Otherwise you always have to steam makes you play the latest build of the game all the time. So the developers actually gave the community a a password so that they could roll back the build to an old version (laughs) and still uh, run using the glitch, which I thought was a fascinating thing to happen because I'm like, I can't believe that, people in the community tried to talk to the dev team at all about this uh and then beyond that i can't believe that the dev team actually capitulated to them yep. and gave them an option no but uh but that's what happened i have a question about that not not you know i'm not in that community is i would assume 
uh, from an outsider's perspective that one of the rules that people would come up with is we all have to be playing the same build. Is that not the case? That that varies. I've I've seen that vary from community to community. Um, I feel like the most often, I feel like the most common thing that I've seen is that unless. I mean, I or I don't know. I I can't even come up with a standard way to describe it. I think it just depends on who's in the community. But 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 I've seen it both ways. I've seen it where there might be, if there's enough of a difference, there might be separate leaderboards for different versions of the game. Hmm. Um, but I think for many games, it's just you know, it it's whatever category you're running, and then it's on you whether you want to use the fastest build or not. You know, <laughs> like hmm. because uh, you know, you can. You know, you 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 can use a you can use a current build, but you know you're gonna have to if you if you're gonna win, you're gonna have to try to make up that time some other way, and that's mm-hmm. gonna be hard. So, so yeah, I mean, but but again, that might that might change over time if it's uh you know if if it becomes enough of a problem, and part of this uh where this also gets interesting is this is a game that, as far as I know, they didn't it wasn't printed they didn't print discs for, uh because usually what speedrunners will do, especially with console games, um is if there's a disc of it you can always reinstall the game from the disc and just like you know unplug your console from the internet so it can't patch itself and so even if there are more patches that come to the game like you still have at least two options you can play mm-hmm. the latest patch if you plug into the internet or you can play the 1.0 that was on the disc it just gets more challenging when you have a game like stray that i think wasn't printed and so like the digital copies are the only copies of the game that we have right that's another complication here and that might have been honestly i think that fact might have influenced the developers ultimate decision to give them access to an older build because uh, if they did unlike with a lot of other games if they didn't there's no other way that they could roll back really makes sense i mean i think also from a marketing person marketing is maybe the wrong word but from like a community building perspective there's no reason to not give that build yeah like if i if i was that studio who like you know they're not like the biggest studio out there there and this is as far as i know their most popular game that they've made yet so if I have even a fraction of, of the community saying, hey, we like the game, but, you know, we don't like this thing that you just did. Can we get the other version? I would just be like, yeah, let's keep the fans happy. Here you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, and and that's a very good point to remember as well that like that that uh, B12 is a, is a smaller studio. And so that I think naturally makes them more likely to be more connected with what the community uh is doing and wants and um and things like that as opposed to like like sony or like yeah. some some other not, large like nintendo <laughs> <laughs> freaking nintendo like some other large studio where they 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 don't have to give a crap what the what the fans want really <laughs> to a certain extent a couple of questions uh you might not know the answers to them this is just informational uh the game is available on pc and playstation um is this downgrade available on the console versions as well as far as i know it's not i think it's only available on the pc versions there's that that is a that that is a thing that's being talked about right now i think that there are a lot of potential time differences between the different versions of the game especially if you're playing um with a with a mouse 
the game tends to go, I think, significantly faster because the uh, if you use a mouse, it allows you to skip dialogue uh, much faster than a controller allows you to. So, again, that could change over time. I don't know if that's going to stay the same, but at least the way the way it is currently, that's that's how it has to be done. The other thing is uh, this game, as far as I've heard other people say, it's like the fastest turnaround for an auto splitter that's ever been so <laughs> so uh an, an auto splitter for anyone who doesn't know is that if you're speed running a pc game and you use the very popular uh speed run clock program called live split community members can write a little program that basically the the clock looks at the game and automatically starts and stops the clock for you at the appropriate times based on like the exact frame when the mm-hmm. game crosses mm-hmm. the boundary into the next section uh, which is very good to have, uh, you know, honestly, because it, it uh, of course, it eliminates human error and it's just it's a lot more convenient for the for the runner and it makes things more consistent for comparison. But usually like games are out for a while and like you have to wait for like, you know, somebody to care enough to put the time in, you know, and who has the skills to put the time in to write the program. But this game had an auto splitter like right away and <laughs> for whatever reason. And uh, and it works really well. But my point of bringing this up is that the auto splitter works with the PC version and it doesn't work with if you're capturing from a from a game console. Right. So you have to split manually and um, that can also, you know, just cause other problems as well. It's yeah. it's just harder. But they're I think they're trying to figure out ways to try to get everyone on the auto splitter. And so sure. that's one of the things we're trying to figure out. Uh, Question two. <laughs> <laughs> On the uh, leaderboards for Stray on Speedrun, there are two large uh, umbrella categories, one for unrestricted and one for glitchless. So I mm-hmm. have a definition for glitchless. Is Does unrestricted mean it's the downgrade patch, or does it just mean you can play the game however you want? Uh, unrestricted is just the opposite of glitchless. It just Interesting. means that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can play the game however you want within the rules of the run. Interesting. Okay, I've never heard it described that way, and I wasn't sure if that was its de- its description for the downgrade because there isn't a category for like the with the patched version and unpatched version. I just like yeah. see a resource on how to patch your game, so it's it's a little surprising to me that it just based on my glancing at it, it seems like patching the game is basically require like it's it's strictly going to reduce your time to be able to patch the game as opposed to unpatch your game and there's no leaderboard for unpatched that's that's a strange decision to me for unrestricted specifically like it wouldn't affect a glitchless run but uh sure okay they're using a glitch so that that would be the separation there uh but i I guess that does help you i i agree with you i i think that i think that in a perfect world where we wanted you know, more clear delineation of the information <laughs> that the runs would be, if not separate. I what I am surprised at, I, I I'm not surprised that they're not separated because speedrun communities tend to not want to make too many leaderboards. Is something I've noticed. Um, they want to try to minimize that as much as possible. Uh, but what I am what I do see in other games is among the metadata for each run with your time and your platform and the date will be what version of the game that you ran. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that that's not here. And I, uh, right, not and, just and part I, of the information given. And I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't part of the information given so that at least in the future we could sort by that data. I mean, it's the game came out 
two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So there's definitely still yeah, room for change to happen and more decisions can be made. Like, because I mean, this is the other difference between speedrunning and traditional sports is like the the rules of competitive of what you're competing in changes. Like one moment you're uh, speedrunning The Last of Us, and the next week everyone's speedrunning Stray. It's like all of a sudden, <laughs> just like the landscape is completely different, which I think, yeah. which, you know, serves a dual purpose. I think it is interesting that it can change, but it's probably also less accessible because now you need to like follow all these different games. You know, there's a few speedrunners that speedrun a single game and they're, there's, they definitely exist. Um, people with 20,000 hours in a single game uh for the last every uh, all the years but I, I feel like what i more commonly see is like if you just go into the top names on a leaderboard and you click their names and see what their other runs are i feel like we'll often see like uh, various games that are sort of similar in style sure know? absolutely uh, I, I sometimes think it's interesting to see like what's on a particular user's list of games on yeah. uh on speedrun.com yeah absolutely i mean and that makes sense like you kind of have a skill set that you specialize in so you just kind of gravitate to the thing you're able to compete in the things that take advantage of that skill set i think that that definitely makes sense i mean it's also like you have to care about a game to put in the time to speed run it and so you're probably yep. gonna have a similar style of game that you enjoy putting that time into you know you know what my point is i think i'm always just trying to f i'm i'm not always but like i, I kind of have in my mind like what is the path to get from to get just to make speedrunning more mainstream like how does if ever speedrunning get to the level of like even major league soccer in america like that's not the most popular sport in america but it's probably a bigger industry than speedrunning despite speedrunning being enormous i think well my, my idea about that is sort of uh comes from my experiences with traditional sports as well as my experiences um watching Overwatch League sometimes. Sure. Um and I think a lot of it comes from an audience being able to appreciate what's being done and like appreciate and understand. I think understand is more what I mean. Like understand what they're looking at mm -hmm. and understand more what's being accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think if you're, especially if you're unfamiliar with video games in general, you're not going to really understand what's happening or why it's special or why it's impressive. And even if you are into video games, if you don't know, different games are so different from each other that if you don't know much about this particular game or speedruns in general, because once you learn about speedruns in general, I think you can kind of have an appreciation for it regardless of what game you're looking at, even if you don't know the game. But if you're both unfamiliar with the particular game you're looking at and unfamiliar with speedrunning in general, I think also you can still be a, a quote-unquote gamer and not really have an appreciation for, for what's going on. You know, traditional sports that everybody is forced to at least try them in school you know mm -hmm. like everybody everybody is forced to have at least some experience with it uh and uh that's um and and i feel like that's honestly it's just not part of the standard cultural education and as long as it's not part of that and most people don't have an appreciation on some level for it 
you know that so so that that's one aspect of it another aspect of it is that video games are just so new you know so many people are into sports because it's passed down to them from their parents and i think that that's going to happen now going forward like like i feel like starting with really our generation uh specifically i think that's going to be more wide it happened a little bit i think with the previous generation but like mostly with our generation is like the first generation that's going to pass video gaming down to their children the way that sports were passed down and i feel like that's another entry point so i think another big part of it too is that when you're watching sports you're watching a competition and with video games with speed running you can frame it as a competition you're competing against your best time you're competing against the leaderboard you're competing against the game whatever but like with it's not the same as sports where it's two groups of humans or two humans if you're watching like i don't know tennis or something but like groups of humans competing against each other and there's that there's that human error that can come into it there's the the fandom for lack of a better word right where like the community of this is our team um which doesn't really exist right now in video games um or at least in 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 speed runs uh of of games and i think that that is a huge part of it too because like People go to a soccer game, for example, even though it's not the biggest sport, but they have their teams that they follow. And Mm -hmm. it's also something that you go to in person with thousands of other people or hundreds if it's a smaller game or whatever it's not something you're watching i mean you can watch it on tv at home but it's yeah yeah yeah. different to go and see a live soccer game than it is to watch some guy on twitch speed run last of us yeah and like i mean that makes me think of like most people i think watch cars race uh, watch (laughs) watch race cars when you have uh lots of different racers racing together more so than watching time trials right you know you could do both of those things with a car but i think one is probably more popular right so so like if you stuck two speed runners on a stage next to each other that might be interesting well you have races right, right? like yeah, that's right. So, that do, but, <laughs> so yeah. right so the thing that so the thing that you're talking about um is when you compete in speedrunning generally you don't have the two competing forces like butting heads like mm-hmm. you don't have a pitcher versus a batter where the pitcher's performance affects the batter's performance the closest thing right. you have in speedrunning is races but one person's performance doesn't detract from the other person's performance it's just speedrunning at the same time and you can award a trophy to who does it better in this moment and that is its own interesting thing but it's still not the same as two forces opposing each other whereas i think tony you made a good point about i was sort of talking about video games in general through speed running but also competitive video games isn't just speed running there are head like 1v1 sport mm-hmm. style games like league of legends right. like fortnite like overwatch um and i feel i feel very strong in my conviction that overwatch like the reason those aren't taking off is because uh overwatch is just too much <laughs> like it's, and i think it's more than just saying they're not imbued into like the culture or we're not raised to appreciate them like you don't even need to be raised uh, to appreciate basketball or baseball it's like get the round object in the round hole and it's just like it's so it's so much it's you can you can grok sports more so than video games 
Uh, and Overwatch, yeah. like, and I and I say that because coming from the point of view of a big Overwatch fan, uh, watching professional Overwatch kind of sucks. It's complicated. <laughs> I can't follow everything that happens um, when I watch it. And if I can't follow it, then yeah, you don't stand right. a f- chance. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, it's 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 a good point that that there is there is something in the design of the game that. Um, and again, I, this isn't something that's inherent to video games. I think you can probably design a video game that's more inherently understandable, or 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 come up with an example of one. Um, I think. You know. I think there's a, I don't, I like, don't see it. I know nothing about it, but I've definitely seen on ESPN games of Rocket League, which I think mm-hmm. is my, would be my go-to example for like, what's the game that could be the most accessible sport in that way? And like Rocket League, like, hell yeah, that one makes sense to me at a glance. Yeah. And you can see, and, and the thing about, cause I was thinking along the lines of like, oh, like linear games, like a, like, like Stray or Journey, where like the point Super is to Mario. just, just get to the end. Right. But I think what's even more accessible about Rocket League is like, you can see the whole range of things mm-hmm. that are going to happen. You see the whole pitch, you see the whole game. It's all, you can put it all on screen at the same time. And any sort of like linear, even a linear like story based game, you can't look at the whole thing. Unless there was, you know, some kind of external graphic that was like a timeline that was representing how far along Mm. the person was or something like that, which might be an interesting thing. But like, it's just it's not inherently as visible. Well, also with Rocket League, it's just funny soccer, right? Like people people get how it works. There's not a lot that you have to figure out there. (laughs) Yeah, you're 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 it's it's soccer if you just take the people (laughs) out and put cars in instead and make them rocket. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would never argue that Rocket League is just funny soccer. Like, I understand your point, but it's just like <laughs> I, I think it, I, it's, it it, not? <laughs> it's it's missing the point that like like it's it's important. I the point that I was making that soccer is a simple sport to understand. Like, it does not take much to understand. Like, you can if you compare Rocket League to Overwatch, like, the point is that Overwatch, you need to understand, like, that standing in this area, the king of the hill aspect, and your capturing area, you're not even just killing dudes, even though there's a lot of killing dudes, that's not actually <laughs> the objective. And just, like, we're already so far away from, like, there's not a bunch of people trying to surround a ball and get it to the opponent's side of the field or something. Yeah, like it's, like I, it's a headier objective. Yeah, like I, I could show my 95 year old grandparents a, a video of Rocket League, and they don't, they're not going to know how to play, but like they'll they'll get what's going on. It's not hard to figure out. Right, and I would, and that's sort of I'm. I would love to. I would love to know more about the Rocket League industry right now because I. I'm, pretty sure i have seen it on espn i don't know if it's still doing that i don't know if that was just like yeah, a one-time they, yeah. gimmick but like if they that's still a regular a thing yeah uh, like who's i want to who's the audience where the, like where is this happening i don't know of anything about this i would love to know more about like what the rocket league teams are and stuff well i think a, a big a big draw of why a, a, a channel like espn would want video game content one, it brings in a younger audience, sure. But unlike other sports, it's not beholden to a certain season. You can play it at any time, so they have content whenever they want it. Yeah, yeah, and that seems like it would be very valuable. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's valuable. And so you get a you get a quote unquote simple game like Rocket League that anybody tuning into ESPN, they might be confused, they might be bemused, they might they don't know what's going on, but they can figure out this is they're trying to get the ball into the net. Like it's it's yeah, it's right. a, it's as it's as simple as I mean, again, quote unquote simple. I understand why it's not simple and why other sports are not simple, but it's I, as simple it, as any other sport is. Right. Um, I also actually I want to follow up uh, uh, with some of Sato's comments in the live chat that you can join by subscribing to patreon.com slash pixel noise of M. Sato's a podcast live as we record it and you might. Uh, yeah, get, we're uh, here. Stuff talking about can, on the show. You can hear us uh, <laughs> clear our throats and stuff. We're literally here yeah. right now. Um, <laughs> in a room. Well, anyway, I'm in several rooms. I'm off. The, I'm off the deep end. Um, but <laughs> a po- uh, but a point about like one of the uh, difficult things about Overwatch is spectating it. Uh, like the reason spectating it is difficult is like you can have a first. Like the game spectating it will jump between a first person view. It'll jump between a third person point of view. Just thinking about soccer. Uh, I think you usually or basically all the time have an, a single eagle eye camera watching from above and it just moves from its own fixed position. It can like move left and right, but it doesn't travel around the map with the ball. And there's just a lot of uh, movement when you watch games of Overwatch because the maps are much larger. You can't just like f- you can't zoom out far enough and also be able to view it uh, and get the whole map like it just it, it's not designed to do that. I have always had a theory that I bet, I don't know if this would be true, but I feel like the Overwatch League could benefit, uh, Magic the Gathering actually tried doing this a while back, I don't know if it uh, is still the case, but they tried doing something called the Magic League, where instead of giving everyone a chance, they like focused their professional esports on like 16 uh, of the top players who were like mm-hmm. predetermined or whatever, and you would follow them through a season of playing Magic, and those were like the 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 tribes that people would follow as one player. And I feel like Overwatch could maybe do something similarly. Where I'll talk about Overwatch One because they're moving to a five v five soon, but just for the sake of conversation, in a six v six system, if you have twelve different players taking the focus off of the teams of six versus teams of six and have it be a focus on the individual and you follow the player through playing multiple games where the teams actually uh, keep uh, swapping players and you have just a league of just these 12 players in every arrangement of uh, teams that you can have competing against each other and then the winner is the one player who ultimately has the best record that to me fixes the problem of like I need to follow a whole team and their different heroes and their different strategies. Like I can just follow one player. I can follow just their one camera. Uh, I watch a lot of Overwatch content. It's all through first person point of view through one player. Overwatch League is doing something completely different, forcing you to watch bird's eye an entire team, and that's much less accessible to me, a big Overwatch mm-hmm. fan. Um, <laughs> so like uh, from. From what I remember from watching Overwatch League stuff, they, to me, what I notice is they sim- they do kind of what the traditional sports broadcasts do. Mm-hmm. So in a traditional sports broadcast, I want to build on your description of the, like if you're looking at the soccer game, they have the they have the camera up high that's yep. the overview that can move and like follow, they and and they have the zoomed out view when the action is happening and they don't know what's going to happen next. And then they have a bunch of interstitials where they have a lot of cameras that are on the ground and just looking straight at the people that 
you can see them much closer. You can see their expressions. You can see a lot more detail than you can from the overhead cam. It's just that like when this when the play is happening, like you don't know what's going to happen next. So you can't have those tight shots. But they like alternate pretty fluidly. Um, you know, because this is what I'm noticing when I watch a sports broadcast. I'm thinking about the production. <laughs> <laughs> they can alternate very fluidly between like the the, the sort of these on the ground close up shots and the and the over the shots. And they know the producers know the live producers know exactly when to move based on how the game is flowing. And I noticed that they do the same thing in Overwatch League content too. Uh, they have an overview, and then they they alternate between um, the first person point of view and then the overview based on what's happening. And there's a live producer also that's like you know changing cameras based on what they think is appropriate for mm. the for for the audience to see. So that's just like that's something I've noticed. Right, um, right. But you disagree with me? Well, I that's I think that's an accurate <laughs> description of how Overwatch works. Um, because I've, I've tooled around in their spectator mode and it really is just like someone in spectator mode trying to move the camera as fluidly as possible, like with the teams and trying to find the right angles. And they probably have multiple people in a spectator mode doing this, but yes, there is a live producer who swaps between the different spectators, uh, different first person points of view, and even sometimes different fixed camera angles. But in sports, the action, when there's action happening, um, in my experience, now, I, I to be fair, my most of my experience is with baseball, and baseball is different in this regard because it's not like on a court in a timed like competition setting, whatever. Um, baseball is mostly static camera angles, but in soccer and football and basketball, as the action's happening, you just have one camera that is moving left and right just to just to keep all the players and the ball on screen but it's not moving during gameplay to tighter shots or closer shots like it's just giving you the full field of view as the action's happening and then when yeah, a, that's what i said okay that's <laughs> i thought you said they were like changing camera angles during gameplay that's what it sounded like to me but if that's not what you said no. i apologize okay Great, even better. Then we do agree. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but that but that's the distinction between these games. Is like I guess I could almost boil it down to um, the map in Overwatch is just too big, and you just can't follow everything on the entire map uh, with one camera, and you have to move around so much. And then you know, there's also all the colors and stuff. So I feel like even more than it being too big is that there's too many obstructions. Uh, basically just like what you were saying that it's not yeah. designed to be viewed from above in the way that a soccer pitch is designed to be viewed from above and for you to be able to see everything mm. you know in in in, a, in an overwatch map there's structures that can be over the players that can obstruct an overhead view uh there are tall buildings and narrow hallways at certain points which are interesting for you know for for, for playing when you're on yeah. the ground mm -hmm. for gameplay but uh, all of these things are obstructions from, you know, greater, like higher overhead views. So. You know, it's almost surprising. to. That's an excellent point. And I'm almost surprised now that I'm thinking about it, that the environments weren't optimized for that spectator view. Because, again, like I've run around spectator view and looked at these things. And, yeah, those obstructions are real, including literal roofs that if you go too high, you can't see yeah. through the mm -hmm. ceiling, which is like. That is, that is actually absurd that that's just in the game, uh, especially I considering just, how much money they put into the competitive environment. I think it just comes down to, you know, it, would, would you rather snipe on an Overwatch match or on a soccer pitch? I think on a soccer pitch <laughs> would be a lot more boring. <laughs>
You know, like well. if it's too, that's an extreme example, but if it's too open, if there's no obstructions, then, you know, it's, it's a shooter. Like the shooting is, is more interesting when the map has more twists and turns yeah. and oh. angles and, and you can find the, like, you know, where's the, like, can I look down that? I mean, this is more, maybe this is more the COD thing, but like, like, oh, if I stand right here and I can look down, I can see clear across the map because there's this little opening they left. For I'm not, I'm not it. even saying change the maps. I'm just saying like optimize the top half of the maps when there's a camera there because right. like if you put a camera up there sometimes there's literally just a roof in the way no one's a roof that no one's climbing on like it's just a it's just in my field of view <laughs> i mean you also unlike in soccer and overwatch you have some flying characters and i think part of the roof thing is maybe to um be a balance with the fact that characters can literally fly and have that not be way overpowered <laughs> i mean yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to i i feel like even flying like i feel like there's ceilings that even flying characters that can't reach can still get in the way but i think i'm also realizing yeah, exactly it's an obstacle but but i'm also realizing that the game takes place all in one engine including spectator mode so probably the greater like there's cinematic shots where you wouldn't want those things to just be able to be seen through um there are like characters that can go very high that wouldn't want to be able to take advantage of such things so i guess really what they would need to do is like spectator mode would need to have different rules of engagement with the landscape <laughs> as far as yeah. it how as far as how it's shown to them which i guess would yeah that's like a whole other block to build for them but again like again over like they worked so hard to make overwatch league the successful thing and i think they made a lot of really cool decisions with it um, I think there were I ha like I have fundamental problems with the design of Overwatch that makes it difficult for that to be successful for me. Um, but I think this is something that, you know, you put this much effort into it. Yeah, maybe the work is worth it. Like, I don't know. It's I, I don't want to say like they should have done it because it is extra work. I don't know. I don't even know how much extra it could be a lot to interact with the environment differently based on the way it renders or something. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a change that would be an interesting and welcome thing to see where if like you know if, if the fixed cameras and the overhead cameras could see through certain obstructions but the but but the players cameras and the first person cameras couldn't um right that seems realistically possible to me uh but but you're right it, it would be additional work and um the, i i think i think the ultimate point here is that i think they're even with the existing game structure with overwatch there probably are things that they can do to make it a, a better yeah. viewing experience some of which involve modifying the game mm. uh and you know these these things are probably difficult to do so it's understandable why they're not already done but there's probably more that more that they could do this is i do mm -hmm. I, I do also want to address um sato brought up a point about like the characters being distinct from each other and um and in uh in, in in team fortress 2 which is the game that i've more experience with um versus overwatch you know his his argument is that uh that in in team fortress 2 the characters are more immediately distinct from each other than in overwatch uh which is an interesting thing to think about i don't think i necessarily agree with that i think if you look at the different characters in overwatch i think they are pretty distinct from each other like if you uh compare like odessa to tracer like mm -hmm. you know i i think they're pretty apparently different but i think the real difference here is that overwatch has many more characters oh yeah and 
I think that what makes TF2 easier to track is that you only have a few different archetypes to track. It's like and seven, right? Yeah, I th- yeah, I think it is. And so nine types yeah thank you nine types it's it's been a while um so yeah there's 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 only nine types of characters whereas in overwatch you have many more characters than that so uh there's yeah. a lot more opportunity for things to be confused i suppose yeah yeah the the distinction of character the the distinctiveness of the individual characters of overwatch is almost like laughably large like there's so much effort and that's this is like this is like a fundamental goal that the de- developer team had like they they pined for the characters to be wildly distinct and yes be- because there are more of them you will find more similarities more potential for similarities and differences than you will find in TF2 because TF2 only divides into nine archetypes that said that does that the fact of the matter still holds that does make it more successful in being able to tell the characters apart uh it makes the game more accessible because you don't need to understand three times as many characters almost four times as many characters um so yeah i think i mean that's i think that's another important detail here unlike rocket league where all the rockets cars (laughs) do the same thing to go and that's it (laughs) Yeah, really only minor skin differences, but but they yeah, but but that's fine because they all do the same thing. So I learned something interesting about uh a game that is speed run Okay, no. Scratch that. Better topic. Multiple and- choice question. Tony and Dan. <laughs> okay. Dan. Speed <laughs> <laughs> eh, wrong. That was the incorrect answer. <laughs> Uh, no, question. Here, you have three options. Speed run, speed ran, oh my or sped run. Oh my God, not that oh, one. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, um, speed ran. What were the first two options again? Speed run. Or speed ran, yeah. Speed run sounds incorrect. I, I'm gonna go with speed ran. Like, like we're uh, actually, about wait, you wait. Did... I'm gonna go with both, depending on context. So I hate gosh. it. Well, because just like we have ran and run, right? Like those are both words that you can say. Wait. So I said speed run. Right. But oh, speed. Run. Yeah, yeah. So. If I was saying, like, what... There's a difference in tense. Yeah, if I was saying, like... If I was asking somebody, what games have you attempted to speedrun, I would say speedrun. But if I was saying, what games have you speedrunned, I don't know that I would, but I feel like... I wouldn't say, what games have you speedran, I don't think. Um, I'm I'm not disagreeing with the present tense version of to speedrun. I'm asking what the past tense of I speedrunned. I, well, I mean, so, I would go with speed ran <laughs> usually, I think. Yeah, because what is, what is the past tense of run? The past tense of run yeah. is ran, and speed run is yeah, yeah, just yeah, a portmanteau sense. of two real words, and, and the real past tense of ran is of run is ran, so it's speed And ran. what's the past tense of to speed? The past tense sped. of to speed is sped. Yeah. But, but, but you're not so, changing the 
first part of the word you're changing the last part of the word to indicate the tense i think is what we normally do in english is it yeah so so it depends on what is being modified so for one of my one of my favorite uh like just grammar things is the plural of attorney general um which is yeah. att- attorneys <laughs> general um yeah. because oh, okay. y- you're describing a group of attorneys who are attorney general um sure. Fathers I don't know in that law. that's true or not. I don't know anything about what an attorney general No, it's, does, it's the same thing as the in-law thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so if I'm saying speed run, the past tense of that, the, in my mind, it's the, the run is the thing that needs to be turned into past tense because the, you're describing... It's speed run is one word, so it's the end of the word that changes. I don't... No, I'm not. I here's here's my here's what I think, and 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 also the running is what you did in the past, right? The speed is just a modifier for the action. The action, exactly. the verb, is the running, I and the don't... verb is what has to be past tense, and so that's why it's. I don't know that yeah. I agree with that. I I I I feel I have a feeling <laughs> in my gut that we have landed on the right answer but not quite for the right reasons because i don't think i like my reasons yeah. well, well well allow me to kind of wax poetic i don't think the structure of the word speed run is such that we would modify the end of the word to justify creating a past tense version like if I walk, I walked. Like the structure of the word "walk," we change the ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not the same as the word "speed run." Like "speed run," I think was a noun before it was a verb. So whatever its etymology is, doesn't actually is like isn't sub- actually supposed to have like a, a, a verbiness to it. So I don't think it's a correct argument to say we change the endings of verbs to make them past tense uh, to get there because that well, isn't a generic rule in English. I don't. I don't think that's the. But argument. it is a verb. Also, I think it is a generic rule in English. But I mean, I don't. But I mean, my, my the reason I said it's not a generic rule is because we have an example of making something plural. You change the ending of a word. But like even in the example of like attorneys general, it's, it's like two separate words. That's why. Yeah. Okay, so is also to make something plural, you don't always change the end of the word. Uh, well, uh, can you give me an example? Oh, like goose geese, geese, goose geese. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess I can't think okay. of a verb, uh, that you would change another part of it. I guess or, or run and ran. Like I don't know if that counts. Like that's literally not the ending of the word. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's the point, right? Is is literally is, halfway through the word? Is, yeah. Well. <laughs> But but you don't say I I run to that race. You say I ran, right? Same right. thing. You I don't just ran. change the ending of the word to make it past tense, right? But that that's that's what I'm saying, right? Like the 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 part of the word that we care about in speed run, at least the way I view it, is the the run portion of it. And so that, so mm-hmm. so I'm just going to the past tense of the word run. Speed ran. I run. Yeah. Again, run is the verb. Speed is the adjective. Right, and I, if you're saying what you did in past tense, it's verb. the verb is what you're doing, and that's why that's if the you, verb being in past tense is what's important. If you really want to be technically correct about this, speed is the adjective, run Adverb. is the noun. No. <laughs> 
because I don't see disagree. why run because I don't see why run is quote the verb in the compound word speed run more the so than the you're doing yeah more so than the word speed is yeah speed is the description of the action you're doing but running is the action that you're doing I don't speed is a modifier of that action. I, right, you can speed walk, you can speed run, you can, but, but, and I guess you can, people use the word speed as a verb, like if you're, well, no, is that a verb? If speeding. you're saying like I speed it, yeah. But, but, yeah, no, I'm with Tony on this one. Run, run is the thing you well, are I know doing. that. <laughs> <laughs> speed, I mean, speed I, is the, is the adverb that describes how you are running. I don't entire, here's, right here, again, I, let me, let me put this out there. I do agree. I think the best answer, and I would love to hear more opinions on this, what the people uh, would prefer. I think I agree that speed ran is like the best version. I just don't know that. I just don't know that I agree with that etymologic. Hold on. Etymologically. Etymol- is that really how you say that? Etymologically? I have zero idea. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. Sure, why not? That's a mouthful. <laughs> That seems weird. But yeah, I don't know I agree with it etymologically. I, I don't fully agree with this argument that run is the verb, speed is the adjective. Because speed adverb. is not an adjective. Like, let's also... Let's adverb. Ad- yeah, not an adjective. Verb. I used the wrong word. Or it's, it's or it's, Wait, hold on. Wait, it's an adverb? Wait. So, yeah. Yeah. so, so uh, adjectives and adverbs are essentially the same thing. I, I know what an adverb is. Describing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on. Hold on. Let's not pander. He's explaining for the listener, yeah, not for so, you. So yeah, adjective, so obviously, I'll you know. turn my Adjectives head away. and adverbs <laughs> are both descriptors. Adjectives describe a noun. Adverbs describe a verb. Verb, it's what you do. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> so can you, can you speed type? Yeah. I guess speed is an mm-hmm. adverb. That's a little weird. Okay. Yeah. As an as yeah, I'm I'm still not fully happy here because speed run I think logically um was a noun and we've forced verbness onto it, um which I feel like gives I don't know I feel like there's something I, here. I don't I know to if do that's true. So, so I, would, here, I would need here, some evidence of that. I don't know. I, I, I need to do some research. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so here, here's something that I'm just thinking of. If I was going to describe myself, not that I am at all, but if I was going to describe myself as someone who speed runs, I wouldn't say I'm a speeder run. I'm a, I'm a speed runner. Like you, you Wait, change. What, what did, what are you not saying? You, speeder run, right? It doesn't make sense is what speed-er my point. Speeder like, run? Yeah. Like you right. don't, you don't modify the speed. You modify run. Oh, you're saying spe- speed runner, not speeder run. Right. Yes. You are a runner who runs. You are a runner who runs. You are a s- runner <laughs> who sped. <laughs> you sped. Huh. I mean, that's a better argument. I can get more behind that because I that like that's gives... the worst one. <laughs> no, no, because that gives some structure for how the verb speed run is modified in a way that, to me, at least ob- subjectively feels better in my brain. Like speed run and speed runner, those are pretty uh, easy terms to get behind. I have never successfully said a past tense version of speed run that I was satisfied with. Speed run. Try to say speed ram. <laughs> Have you? But yes. like that's that's my point. Like we don't use speed ran a lot. Like don't don't tell me you use that word a lot. Unless you well, sure, unless you but do. I but like, I also don't say speed run a lot. Like it's just it's not 
in my vocabulary. You say speed run way more than speed past than speed run in past tense. Sure. I feel like I would also say that I use the word run more than I use the word ran. Like I I I I don't know. It's just not something that I would need to say a lot. I'm I'm trying to think back to what I said earlier in the episode before the start in this conversation. I think I said I've been speed running. I think I went with the gerunds. Mm. But yeah. that's just kind of avoiding this. <laughs> no, no, I, I well I think I, that's I, I think that's a fair way to do it also. Yeah. Like I have no problem with saying uh, last week I speed ran this game i yeah. i think sure? i think it just sounds you sure? weird you sure think, you don't yeah. ever, it, it's, it does sound weird it's it's just because we're not used to it like it's yeah, not we're just not used to it's it. not something we hear a lot so it just sounds weird i need all right chat all right listen viewer <laughs> listener audience participator i i'm calling out to you i need someone who spe- specializes in etymology to come out here and give historical data on precedence for words that have had similar paths to speedrun and how we talk about them in various tenses. Dan, don't you go Googling on your cell phone now to do this. Don't you dare. <laughs> I, do not, I will not accept this. Where are the English majors at? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, Pasttenses.com. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm so looking forward to what that has to say. dot com says speed ran. Good. All right. Good. I'll make sure to. I'll make sure to double check the source there later. Um, what I was trying to say was, uh, there is a game that has been speed runned. Um, that yield speed runned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I learned uh a new thing about. Which is Final Fantasy X speedruns are done similar to Stray done on a down patch version. Final Fantasy, oh boy, Final Fantasy X <laughs> speedruns um, are actually done on a just fully modded version of the game that cuts oh boy. <laughs> all the cutscenes. Hmm. And I am surprised by this because I have not heard of this before. Um, I feel like a game like The Last of Us would do something like this if given the opportunity. Um, you know, really trying to fo- Final Fantasy is a good game to do this for because it's a long ass game that has a crap ton of cutscenes. So, like, I fully understand, but like, the thing I'm surprised about is I've never heard of this before. So maybe that's my first question for you guys. Like, have you heard of this? I mean, I haven't, but I think it makes a lot of sense if you're because again, speed. Ro- God damn it! Now I'm overthinking the word because <laughs> speed speed my running, true motive has come speed up. Speed running takes a lot of time and effort, even like in the process of learning it. Yeah, you're trying to learn how to do something quickly, but you you spend a lot of time doing it. So if you can have a game that cuts out that extra uh, time in cutscenes, I I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of a game that uses a fully modified. Ver- like a yeah like just like a totally modded version of the game uh that's that's further i think than any other community i know of has gone it it would be an interesting thing for a game like the last of us and that's one of the things we briefly mentioned on the last episode was that mm-hmm. uh we're hoping that one of the new features of the remake is that you're going to be able to really skip all of the scenes in a way that you in uh, a dedicated speed running mode right it's also 
uh, you know, there's of course differences when you have console games and PC games and PC games are much easier to modify. Mm-hmm. Now there, there is going to be a PC version of the last of us remake too. So even if they don't include this, maybe there is going to be some opportunity to do that, but then it would just be on the PC version and it, it gets like complicated. like, you know, final fantasy 10, again, this modded vert, like this is just for PC players, right? Like this is not something that console players can do. Uh, correct. And I assume there are console player leaderboards that just have to be separate. Uh, Dan, you still have your cell phone out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can i can look uh yeah i haven't looked at that specifically a second but yeah i it's it's a game that i've looked at speedrunning for in the past and i don't know how new this feature is but it's definitely the like again this, i think jrpgs in general might fit this mold uh a modification like that i think just brings the game just down to what we would call reasonably accessible for speedrunning. Right. Because the cutscenes in that game can be easily over hours long. Yeah, the, the leaderboards for this game are interesting. There's uh the console, there's PS2, PC, and HD console. Gotcha. Uh and they all have times uh that are around like ten hours, nine hours. Mm-hmm. Um the PC version is like an hour faster, which is interesting. Yeah. Um and then there's cutscene remover, which is a whole separate board. Oh, and those they do have like, a separate category. Interesting. And those are like three hours, which is oh. much more accessible. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <Slay> me. <laughs> yeah, it's way more accessible. Wow. And these boards also uh, have the game version on them. So like, oh, just listed yeah, there. Yeah, just listed. It's one of the pieces of information. That's it's great. At uh, you know, I hope it comes to strain at some point. Yeah, no, it's a good feature. Uh, speaking of Final Fantasy X, that's, hey, that's, that's all Final I was trying to do. Final Fantasy X. I mean, I, I only bring it up because that's all I've been doing recently <laughs> is I've found a new home in nostalgia as much as it pains me to say it. I've, I've, I've abandoned my morals... And decided to enjoy a game Who needs for no merit of the game's design, but strictly on my own selfish enjoyment of it. And is that, is that not how you play games? <laughs> the authorities will be there to collect. Is that you how you do day. play games? <laughs> I I would only play a game that I enjoy. I enjoy games more. When I can appreciate <laughs> or respect the way it's designed. Oh, sure. I mean that that can definitely add enjoyment, but right. I'll... And Final Fantasy X has a whole bunch of bullshit that sucks, <laughs> <laughs> and I can but you ignore, enjoy it, and I can ignore all of it because I'm a dumb, dumb human. Because you enjoy the game and you're having fun, which is all that matters. But it's Severe un- puzzle room music plays in the background. Right, exactly. There's like <laughs> horrible parts of this game that even even now is like I don't enjoy doing them. Uh, but, I, but I'm so much... I guess maybe it's not forgiving. It really, like, the only word is enjoyment. Like, I'm not even forgiving the game. I am holding this game accountable for its garbage. Um, I'm just able to enjoy the game despite that, which is a concession I can, I am literally unable to make for any other game that I've never played before. I I think that's kind of how I feel about Monster Train, honestly, because like the, 
I know I know what I said. Uh, d- like I I know what I said. I don't need anybody quoting me, but I I don't. What, I don't what did you say? I I, <laughs> I think Adam. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think this game comes even close to Slay the Spire. Mm. Um, and I know, I know when I yeah I know when I first started playing it I said I uh, blah, 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 blah. um <laughs> that that was that was uh the newness of the game was exciting to me um but no it doesn't come even close to Slay the Spire it's not balanced a f- tenth as well um but I still really enjoy it um and I am in the process of hundred percenting it and. Uh, there's certain things, you know, certain champions that I have to overlook that I have to beat the game with them to hundred percent it, but they're not good. Uh, but I still have fun. I, I'm not sure how to respond to that. <laughs> well, I I agree did, what, what stands out to me, what, what stands out to me, I think Alex, about what you said is, is something about, um, and I, I, I can't remember well enough to quote you exactly, but I there's you. something about like being, being unable to enjoy a new game that has these kind of flaws. Right. I, I can I can make concessions for Final Fantasy X that I cannot do for mm, I see. any other game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's nostalgia. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Stupid monkey braid. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's how everyone else plays games and buys you games. You freaks. <laughs> Y'all are loons. Decisions. You loons! <laughs> um... But uh, but yeah, but but you're so so you're not uh speed running this game. I you haven't speed mm-hmm. ran this game, right? I guess, but I guess, you are doing challenge run. I I can talk a little bit about how I'm playing it because I'm not just playing through it. Um, I do have a guide open, uh, and I have a guide open because there are things to find or discover that are not interesting to find or discover because they're just <laughs> over there. You have to click on the right box or the right person. I don't give two pits about that but what there's the two goals that i currently have are i'm trying to do a hundred percent of the game which i've already failed i already missed an albed primer i don't want to talk about it uh but the other thing <laughs> that i want to do rip uh, okay. it just happened on my last stream too where i was like following the guide it's like okay this cutscene will happen but like i i skimmed the guide because i was uh, streaming i was busy um, I, I I just want to say that like it, I I played through this game once you know with a guide with a human and printed guide right the collectibles in this game are the most BS things oh, I feel like I've oh, ever seen in oh, any game there's so many so so many so missable so permanently all, missable yeah there's perma- <laughs> yeah. such a long game it's so bad there's like, yeah and and they <laughs> range from like missable to easy to get to fucking impossible like it's a whole mess. But anyway, I'm so I'm trying to do 100% like and I, and I'm try, I'm basically like scavenging the game a little bit. Um like I'm I like I'm always mildly interested when like oh, I can talk to this person and they give me eight electro marbles. That's weird. And then I realize, <laughs> oh, it's in the section right before all the lightning-based enemies, so I can actually use those electro marbles to create electrical resistance. Like, oh, that's actually Oh, that's actually thoughtful game design. Like, hit, like that's because that's the annoying thing about Final Fantasy X. Also, is like it's like if you look at it f- at, from a TV commercial point of view, the game looks like crap on the surface. <laughs> no, hold on. From the on the surface, surface it looks good. Like one step closer, there's a bunch of crap to slog through, and then one step underneath that is like 
actually wildly thoughtful game design decisions. Uh, yeah. Like real and really playing with your ability to like, how do you overcome challenges? Almost like related to the accessibility conversation we have had in difficulty. The game has a, is designed in a way I believe on purpose to feel more difficult than it actually is. Um, and I can give like examples for that, but basically I'm 15 hours into the game and have, and Oh, that I should, I should say I'm playing the game at level one the entire time. Yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> which for those who do play final fantasy 10 just means I'm playing without the sphere grid and without Aeon's soul, which are the two ways that you can boost your characters and your summons stats. I am not increase. I'm not doing any of that. So and I'm about 15 hours into the game and I've only come across my first like really difficult uh boss fight uh or something. And it's interesting because the game is designed such a way even like these big boss battles with these like big momentous occasions like something as simple as this big scary attack that just deals a percentage of your current HP and damage that attack will never kill you. <laughs> It literally cannot. It'll always deal 25% damage equal to your current health, but it looks like a big number right off the bat. You keep getting hit. You keep getting, like, grinded down, and you get hit over and over, and you can't die. Like, those are the kinds of decisions that make the game feel like, oh, God, this is big. This is epic. This is difficult. And actually, if you just kind of, if you understand the mechanics uh, intimately, you can't lose. Actually, it's just, you just you'll get just get there over time and eventually, or if you buy enough potions, and that's all you need to do. So it's been I've been in, I've been again. I regret I hate to say it. I regret to inform you. I've been enjoying this experience. I've been enjoying <laughs> learning about this game. I've been enjoying all the crappy voice acting. Actually, last thing I'll add. I feel like <laughs> I made a really interesting observation. The voice actor for Jekt, who I should look up their name. Um, is probably the best example of like the whole game's written badly. Like the, all the dialogue is written bad, 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 bad. Some of the voice actors, yeah, some of the voice actors are bad, 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 bad. Ject is a rare example of someone who was given bad dialogue, but I think the voice actor kind of does like literally the best you could possibly do with it. And he's actually like he's selling a lot of bad lines. I didn't realize until playing the game for the 17th time that it's a badly written line, but he's actually just delivering it really good like. So, yeah, shout out to whoever <laughs> you are. Um anyway, those those are the those are my observations. I'm playing Final Fantasy 10 at level 1. I'm about 15-20 hours into the game. Game's going to get wildly difficult very soon. I'm not really i don't i don't know what i'm doing i'm just kind of trying it out and it's fun and i regret it <laughs> jekt is voiced by greg burger greg is two g's nice <laughs> greg burger <laughs> greg burger we'll put a link to his imdb page in the show notes because his headshot oh my is God. awesome oh dude <laughs> if we get a and guest on the show this is number one on my list immediately <laughs> greg burger yeah oh my god that's incredible um, yeah, it turns out, Alex, you're allowed to enjoy things. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> no, I'm not. I mean, while while we're on the topic of of enjoying games that are not the best, I'll I'll just give a quick Monster Train plug and talk about my hey, experience over the over my summer break. Yeah, um, talk about so, more crappy games. <laughs> yeah, so, um, 
most I, I don't even know if it's most it feels like most but a lot of my summer break uh was spent completely alone because my wife went to visit her family her parents and brought our dog with her um and then on her way back got into a car accident thankfully she's totally fine but she is stranded mm. in texas right now oh um, she's still so stranded oof. oh yeah she's still there oh, i didn't know um, that part oh damn yeah oh, because she boy. can't because because of the dog like there's no way for her to get back until the car's fixed and it, it needs a oh. whole windshield and a hood and everything um, oh crap yeah so we're hoping with in the uh, hopefully best case scenarios i think next weekend she'll be back um wow. but the, you know the the result of that is i've been spending a lot of time by myself um nice. and <laughs> a lot of time playing monster train <laughs> thanks second um, wife monster train <laughs> um and you know while it's not nearly as good a game as slay the spire is it does have some interesting things in it that i've been you know playing around with and discovering um and one of the things that I, I have really enjoyed playing around with is uh, what's called infusions. Um, and basically <laughs> the idea of monster train, which for anybody who doesn't know is uh, you are drafting this deck of cards and you get a certain number of what's called banner units, which are basically these uh, monsters you can play uh, that attack the people, the forces attacking you. And so it's not, it's not like slay the spire where you have one person that you're, or thing that you're like buffing up. It's, uh, you have all these different monsters that you can play strategically on your train and you can infuse two units into each other and sort of combine their effects. And the th the effects you get from infusion aren't always exactly what's written on the card sometimes it's usually a little bit worse actually than what's written on the card but be but you get it because you're stacking it onto another monster so it might be overpowered if it was exactly that same effect um but you can you can get these really interesting effects that you don't always anticipate so like for example one that i found that was really interesting was there's this one unit and you, oh my gosh! Now I have to get into the weeds of Monster Train. So there's this, yeah. there's, uh, there's this, there's this one clan in Monster Train called Umbra, and basically the way it works is you get these little tiny monsters called morsels that are eaten mm. by your other monsters. Um, They're like a resource. Every, yeah, and every morsel has its own effect. Um, there's like four or so different effects that you can get from different morsels, um, and there's this one unit. Um, that has what's called a uh, well, a few units have what's called a gorge ability. Not every unit gets <laughs> them, but but some in the Umber Clan do, and it it's an extra effect when you eat a morsel. And there's this one unit that every for every morsel it eats, it deals ten damage to every enemy on the floor, mm. um, and which is which is pretty powerful. Like it's a sweeping effect. It doesn't just attack the first monster like most units do. Yeah. Um, and there's this other monster in a Hellhorned clan that every time it hits a unit, it gains five attack. So, or and and that's what's called a strike effect. Now, what I didn't realize until I just randomly combined them was that the Gorger's effect isn't an effect; it's actually striking every single unit. Mm -hmm. So, if oh, you put boy. this Hellhorned unit into the other unit, if there's six enemy units on a floor it deals all six of them 10 damage but it also goes up five attack 
for all six of them. <laughs> now we're so talking. there's there's some that's really crazy. interesting effects that you can get by combining them and and that that's something that I've really enjoyed playing around with. Yeah. I feel like I need to just kind of come out here and say I did enjoy. Oh, that's right. I turned I I turned on Tony and Dan are watching me turn on my computer and they're like, "What is he doing?" <laughs> uh, I turned on my computer cuz I wanted to see how many hours I put into Monster Train. I did enjoy Monster Train. And there's there's sort of an interesting thing uh, where there is, I think, somewhat of an inverse correlation between brokenness and funness, <laughs> where that kind of effect, just for the sake of my argument, I'm going to say that effect is too powerful. It's too easy to execute. I it, have fully lost with that unit i'm just for sake of argument <laughs> i've i haven't played monster train in ages i don't know how powerful this ability is but for sake of argument that effect is too easy to do and too powerful um but when you do it or when you discover it it's like oh it's it feels good it feels fun mm-hmm. um and that and that's sort of like an interesting dynamic um where pl- I, I think playing a game like uh, uh uh what's it called inscription inscription has a lot of things like that where there's really incredibly powerful broken things you can do that are not too hard to do and i don't think that com- uh the balance and competitiveness of the game is its goal so i'm more forgiving of it in that game what one thing i, w- I will say is that I do think Monster Train does a good job of balance in that sense where I haven't had I don't think I've had very many runs at all where I felt like I was way too powerful. Mm-hmm. I I do think they the and in fact when I first started the game that was one of my complaints was that as you got near the end the bosses got really hard. Mm-hmm. Um and so I do think in that sense it does a good job of balance. That where where the balance issues come up are that I do think that with the DLC there's a lot less pads that are viable um as far as what units sure. you are wanting to play and what infusions you want to do. I think if you ignore the DLC, I do think it's actually a very well-balanced game. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. But I'm not ignoring the DLC and I'm trying to 100% it. Um, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not too far off and, and, and talking about hours, I think I'm actually maybe more than Slay the Spire at this point. Um, what? That's only, a lot. Only because I'm de- certainly around. I've, I've definitely reached the 500 hour mark. Cause I remember thinking about that. Um, just, just because if you're trying to hundred percent both games, there is strictly more to do in monster train. So that it that time wise balances out that way. Man, that's so much for me to wrap my head around. Because <laughs> we've had a conversation about playing games for like fun five hundred hours plus, but we yeah. didn't really go into detail about like the merits of the different ways to reach five hundred hours in a game. What do you mean? I couldn't imagine putting five hundred hours into Monster Train. Like there's just there's so many like so I looked up how many hours I put into it I put sixteen hours mm-hmm. into Monster Train which is, that's like a that's like a it's a few solid days of gameplay and there's just a point where you know I I mean there are decisions I make or choices and strategies that I just like this is there's a point where I feel like I look at a game and I can see and I and I th- and I think I feel. Like there was less attention put into balancing this game, 
And like, if I keep going forward, that's either going to keep happening or the problem's just going to be like um, a universal problem where it's just something I now have to overcome, but it's mm-hmm. imbalanced. And like, that's all of a sudden not part of an interesting strategy to try and figure out how to overcome this game that is putting too much value in like variants or something, or I have to keep doing the same thing over and over. Whereas mm-hmm. Slay the Spire, I, I have not hit that part of the game yet with that. Yeah, and and I will 100% say, say that Slay the Spire is better balanced. Um, I do think that Monster Train, again, if you got rid of the DLC, I think it's a pretty well-balanced game. I don't think it's as good as Slay the Spire, but I do. I don't think it's as bad as you might think. I'm yeah, and I and I and I need to back off. And I listening to myself, I need to back off honestly because I I think it's too. I think it's very easy to make the argument. Monster Train is actually very well balanced. It's a good game. Like, it's Other than the DLC, again, I I will I know nothing be the about first the DLC. First. So the the DLC it adds a few things, and I assume the, it the, adds clans decks. Uh, it adds a clan. Um, but, and it adds the infusions that wasn't a part of it. Sure. Um, okay. but the, the main thing it adds that, that really messes up the balance that I would argue that the clan and the infusions, that's all fine and good. And I don't think that upsets anything. Um, the main thing it adds that it, that upsets the balance is the divinity, which is the final boss, uh, similar to like a heart battle, mm-hmm. um, where you have to, uh, every time you do, uh, Basically, every every ring that you enter has like this something in the center that allows you to take on what's called shards, and that's what's part of the DLC. And for every every group of shards you take, it increases the difficulty of the enemies you're facing. Um, and to get to the final boss, the divinity, you have to have picked up at least a hundred shards. Cool. Um, yep. And I I love everything up until that. I think it's great. The divinity is really tough to balance because it first off it's there from the beginning of the fight which some bosses are some bosses aren't but it's it's large and it's on all three floors from the beginning of the fight which is the no other boss does that right and so you get first off you get no relief from it there's there's no you have to be able to start scaling up on turn one there's no nowhere to hide and every uh floor has a different effect and the top floor which is the easiest floor to play on because it's the last floor enemies typically get to so it gives you these extra two turns of scaling the top floor has what's called a sweep attack which is it attacks every one of your units at once um and which means that the umbra clan the one i was talking about with the morsels is almost unwinnable if Mm. you're trying to play a morsel build um there's ways to do it i like i did it this morning actually there's ways to do it but it's a it's really really hard and you have to be you you're, there is a bit more luck involved because of that because that sweep attack will immediately kill all your morsels and you don't get any effect because the, the way the morsels work is at the end of your turn after everything's happened your unit will eat the morsels so this right. thing sweeps and kills the morsels yeah. so you don't get any of those effects and again, there's there's ways around it. There's certain effects, certain artifacts, certain things you can do, but it it really upsets the balance because of that. And you can go to one of the lower floors, but it's a lot harder to play those floors. That so there's there's a lot of interesting stuff in here, like the nuances of balance and what that means. It's a great it's a great example to bring up the Morsel Clan. 
has an inherent weakness to this final boss divinity thing, it sounds yeah. like. Um, and I, it's interesting to me because li- if you stick around, like, Slay the Spire conversations, you will find similar conversations about the different characters in Slay the Spire. Um, maybe the easiest one that I can defend out the gate is the silent mm-hmm. has a more inherent advantage because they all have different decks, has an advantage more so in Act 3 and the heart, but it's also, like, has a tougher time yeah. winning earlier acts. And, and you will Especially find... like Gremlin Knob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Gremlin Knob definitely can eat up any early character. It's just, like, a weirdly more difficult fight than others. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of ballads... But especially silent <laughs> because it's silent doesn't have right. Or spi- silent re- relies a lot on spells. Yeah, silent definitely has the least tools. Is definitely the least prepared. That's that. That is that is true. Um, but then e- an even more egregious example in Slay the Spire, and it's funny. I think a lot of players have sort of s- uh, self medicated in this way. <laughs> uh, the Watcher, which is a recent, uh, much more recently added character, has a higher win rate in general than all the other mm. characters it's just like it's it's like putting the game on an easier difficulty mm. um and that just exists in the game and myself and others have gotten to just like ignoring the watcher like <laughs> pretending it doesn't exist because we've all played it and beaten it and it's like this is no longer an interesting puzzle to solve right but you know to be extremely fair and transparent it is absolutely now 25% of the game basically uh, yeah and i think the thing the thing with monster train is if 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 you're going for uh so the covenants uh, are like ascension level yeah, so if you're going difficulty. for covenant 25 which is the top uh divinity kill i th- you have to be either just insanely good at the game Mm. or there's a few viable paths i will say there's this youtuber that i've been watching a little bit called rising dusk um i'll get a link for the show notes who got to something like a hundred win streak on covenant 25 which is nuts like i've i my best i think is three and that's (laughs) like interesting that's like that was shocking that i even got that far um so and i've watched a bunch of his videos and he doesn't just do the same thing over and over again so, and he's very good and he has um in in fact he has this series that i've found incredibly helpful called cursed seeds which is basically he's like make me lose like submit your hardest seeds i'll play them and make me lose and he's just like almost he very rarely does now he does i've seen it but it's but he's very good there is a great opinion I heard, or an opinion that I really liked, <clears throat> from Jorbs, who's probably mm-hmm. the biggest Slay the Spire content creator, or at least was. I don't know what it is anymore. Um, I remember him talking, someone asked him, like, why do you play Slay the Spire? Like, don't you get bored ever? And one <laughs> of the reasons Jorbs likes Slay the Spire in his description is that the game in its design, like, at least... So, like, the capacity of a human's ability to anticipate and run probability, it's not solvable. Like, I mm-hmm. think the world, at least when I was last looking into this stuff, the world record number, uh, the world record streak 
for A20 Heart wins and Slay the Spire was like 10. And this had like mm-hmm. multiple, multiple people trying to chase after this. You tell you telling me there some person at a hundred. That's we yeah. are we are a, literally a magnitude apart. Um, but to describe Slay the Spire, the game is uh, unsolved in such a way that you can't put together a streak like that without a combination of ext- like really good luck and a lot of like skill or knowledge about the game. Whereas if it was a game that you could put together a streak like that, that means you're, the way you're playing, you're always like sort of existing in like this bell curve of probability. Like some, of, some amount of events will happen where you win the game, some amount of events will happen where you lose the game. But if you can win 100 games in a row, that means the bell curve is shoved so high that like there is a pretty accessible like minimum skill level that you can achieve to... Uh, you know, really overcome the game. And, you know, once you're at 100, I'm going to say basically any situation, barring a few, like, outliers. Like, if you're, yeah. if it's truly a randomized sample, that's highly unlikely. So it's, it is randomized. I think the thing that you also have to understand is it's, there's less, there's less variance than Slay the Spire. There, there are just simply less cards to come across. Um, there are less battles to fight. It's a shorter game. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I. I, I think you're. Yeah. I'm, obviously, I believe you. I just haven't so played if, Monster Trainer. So if you while, so go for right. the Divinity, the final boss, you are there are nine battles. That's it. Gotcha. Okay. And the units you are able to draft, I think the maximum, if you get lucky, you don't always get this this many, but I think the maximum you can get is like six, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm. you know barring some you know extra events like there are there are other things that you can come across but as far as like uh what's called banner units that i think the most you can get yeah. is six um and there's not that many to begin with uh so you know maybe you have a pool i'm pulling this number you know out of the air right now sure. but may- maybe you have a pool of like 20 to pull from so six, you you you're you're probably gonna see a some sort of decent strategy in there. Yeah, and that makes sense, and that's a way to like mitigate the variance and it brings the game's ability to be solved down. Like you have, and, and you know, sometimes you don't get six. I've had times sure. where I've gotten four, and you know, I was screwed and <laughs> I lost. <laughs> um, but I'm also not as good as as Rising Dusk is. And the thing I really like about him is, I literally I found him because I went on Reddit and I asked who who is who can I follow that's like Jorbs but for Monster Train. <laughs> um, and they get they gave me this guy and he he fully explains. I mean, like cool. to, to put that's into context, cool. like my my runs are typically twenty to thirty minutes. Um, his his videos are all at least an hour. Sure. Um, yep. because he's going through sometimes more than a lot more than that because he's going through and he's he, uh really explaining every little thing that he's doing yep and it's it's very interesting to hear because like he he does have a reason it's not just like i'm looking for this thing because i know this will win me the game yep. it's like here's what i'm seeing and here's how this plays into what's already happened yeah, and I do, and I that's that is content that I love because I'm not very I'm not so good at games like Slay the Spire and Magic the Gathering that I can go into the detail like that the best players are able to do. Um, mm-hmm. So hearing them like explain their uh, 
strategies and points of view and why they make certain decisions can be wildly interesting because they can uh, either it's heuristics or just running quick probabilities in their head is like able to figure mm-hmm. out and solve these things in such yeah. a way. It's, yeah, it's, and that's he, stuff super cool. And you know, he's he says stuff that's like, oh, well, if I'm seeing this, that means that I have to be prepared for this thing coming later, and blah blah blah. blah. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, it's he, it's 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 very high level play, and you know, it's not a coincidence that I got my first divinity kill after I watched his video. Like, it's sure. I I learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I think just even like tying into a quick Slay the Spire example to kind of understand what that's like, I feel like a lot of players that I've talked to uh, to about Slay the Spire, I will introduce to them the idea of looking at your map before deciding which uh, yeah. s- like level one reward you want uh, because understanding the consequences of the map yep design layout to that decision is not intuitive but absolutely able to be due and you sort of just need to be shown like hey you can look at this and these are the consequences like oh yeah i guess i can figure that out and it's really just like it's an extrapolation of that idea and ah god why am i playing final fantasy 10 and it's the same it's the same thing in it's the same thing in monster train you know this this guy on his videos he'll have like 10 15 minutes on the map before he even chooses his first thing (laughs) right and Um, and this is why these games are very difficult i love it there's so much information with consequences. And yeah, and that that's that's what I'm just super into right now. It's it's a lot of fun and I've sunk so much time into this because like literally while while I've been completely <laughs> alone uh on summer break so not even having a work or a dog or anything like Literally, I have been mostly on my couch playing Monster Train. Like I've left to go to the gym a few times, uh, but that is that is it. (laughs) Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing (laughs) that. I'm proud of you for that. I've also been going to the gym. Look at us. We're doing. Look at us. Look at us. If if it it, uh feel feels good, except when it doesn't. It feels good. Literally, never. I hate it, and I don't want to keep doing it. Uh, see, I I like it, but then I like, for example, I went yesterday, and now my arm is just in a ton of pain because I have a chronic illness, and it sucks. Um, but I'm trying to build up my endurance a little bit. See, I, I'm a wimp. I don't have a chronic illness, and I still whine about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of Monster Train. I also picked up. I don't have too much to say about it because I just bought it like last night, I think. Um, but. I picked up Cult of the Lamb, which is so far a lot of fun. Um, I didn't even realize it was a roguelike when I bought it. Um, I went in pretty much blind. I saw it on a TikTok video, and I was like, this looks fun. Amazing. And it was like 20 bucks or 25 bucks or something like that, so I just bought it. Um, and it's a roguelike, and that's exciting because I like roguelikes. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also like a management type game it's it's got like stardew valley vibes almost like you're building this cult but like you have to you know clear the rocks <laughs> I was gonna say, and what's this game called again and cults of the lamb um like stardew valley you, you're you're literally building a cult um but you have to i mean i'm I'm only going off of the very beginning of the game, which is what I've seen. Um, but you have to keep your your uh, followers happy and like make sure that they have food to eat. And it there there is this management aspect of the game, which which I'm very interested in. Oh, it's a new game. It just it, came yeah, out. it just came out this week. Cool. Well, when I'm 
thinking about playing a new game, I'll add it to that list. Yeah, and 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 it's got the the roguelike aspect of it. That's like you're you know you're going through these what they call crusades, and you know you might come across a room that has what is essentially a relic, um, and you it sort of like adds to your power on that run. Um, so it's it's it feels like it has all of the things that I like in a game. So I'm 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 excited to play more of it. It's cool. a fully animated trailer. It's pretty. You also get to choose what your followers like when they choose to follow you. You can change what their sprite looks like, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh my god, the the real reason to play games for skins, <laughs> not for yep. skins for skins. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you think it's do you think it's endless like Stardew Valley or is there like some kind of plot that has There is name? a plot. Um now like I said I just started so I don't know if there if like you can do the plot and then keep playing or like what the what the deal is but there is there is a an overarching goal you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. which is essentially freeing this imprisoned god. Ooh. Which that's not really spoilers. You find that out like right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. The stakes got high yeah. though all of a sudden. That's Whoa. cool. We went from Stardew yeah, Valley and, to freeing God. Holy crap! Yeah, so so this this God basically empowers you and tells you to start a cult and it's uh and get followers to help free it. Seems fun, and it's That's not cool. it's yeah. not expensive, so you know, check it out. Sometime. Check it out. <laughs> Give us our full review, Dad. Well, once I beat Monster Train, I'll probably beat that game next. So, but I got I got a. <laughs> I got a hundred percent monster train. I'm so I'm so close, and by close I mean it'll probably take me another month or two. God, oh, it's another Devolver game too. Devolver was well, they published a lot of games, including Inscription. That's mm. probably the most recent thing. Oh, okay, interesting. Very long list of games. Wow. I watched Mr. Bean's Holiday. Oh no, it's not even like a new movie, but interesting. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a movie that I remember from many years ago. I think like two thousand seven. What brought this about? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, what brought this about? Well, um, now I have to say on the podcast what I've actually been doing with my time, which is downloading dating apps and trying my hand at dating apps. <laughs> and I had a date with a girl, and we were looking for a movie to watch, and we watched Mr. Bean's Holiday. Because nice. those are the kinds of relationships I'm interested in. So, ladies, if you're... I don't really have a good advertisement here because I'm... Anyway, <laughs> that's what that brought that about. You heard that uh, that Mr. that Mr. Bean went on a uh, cancel culture rant. <laughs> Wait, like Rowan Atkinson? <laughs> yeah, he he says that really? uh, comedy comedy is uh, always meant to be offensive, um, and if you can't take it, get out of the kitchen or something like that. What? Whoa! Uh, whoa! Hold Whoa! Whoa! Hold on! Hold on! I like Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, this was a. Uh, this is, you know, the the brilliant mind behind man versus B. <laughs> I was about to say the the man behind man versus B. <laughs> oh, I need to. Oh boy, I've got some research to do now. Let's go. I don't remember everything about Mr. Bean's Holiday from all those years ago, but but I do remember enjoying it and seeing it several times. Uh, but but that was a long time ago. Did you did you both enjoy your experience? Um, she claims to enjoy it. I'm definitely the one <laughs> laughing out loud more obviously throughout it. Um, no, but I think we both enjoyed it. I I think here here here's here's the the what I think is the better question. Who chose the movie? Oh, I did. Easy. Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was gonna be my guess, but I wasn't sure. 
Uh, I mean, I did it like we were just like flipping, like we were both being like stupidly undecisive. So we were just flipping through. And they we, can't just throw on Dead Poet Society on the first date. We almost did, though. We almost did. <laughs> almost did. <laughs> you know, because we we almost watched hot. We almost watched Hot Fuzz, um, but we were both like familiar. Like we both had watched the movie. She hadn't seen that in a while. Uh, but I could watch Hot Fuzz anytime. And I think we yeah. didn't watch it because we would have had to rent it. So then mm. instead we like flipped Got on him. some subscription service that we have and stumbled upon uh, Mr. Bean's Holiday, and we we're like, how about this? Sure. And then that was the oh next hour God. and a half of our lives. Um, have either of you seen the rehearsal new HBO show? Nope. Oh. No. <laughs> oh, you two have been talking about this in Discord. It's... I'll be over here. You take. I'll take, give you your space. It's so it's, good. Uh, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I haven't seen all the episodes yet because... So so I'm a big Nathan for you fan. He's the same guy. Um, but my wife is not. She I tried to show it to her. She was like, This is incredibly stupid and I don't like it. Um so when the rehearsal came out, I was like, Okay, I don't have to, you know, wait for her or whatever. Like I'll just watch it. And I watched the first episode and I was like, This is hilarious. I'm obsessed. And then I started the second episode and as soon as the premise was like given i was like oh crap i'm gonna have to wait for her to come back because this is too good <laughs> and she agreed to watch it and she says she thinks her her humor has evolved and she's ready for nathan for you so we're gonna watch that too <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say or just watch it and then watch it again with your significant other which is what i did because no i can't because i i so learned my funny. lesson the hard way with that one because uh back near the beginning of our relationship we were watching Community together, and then she went away, I think, to her parents also. Um, and I kept watching Community, and she came back. And because I had already seen it, she was like, I don't want to watch it with you if you're re-watching it. And she never finished Community. <laughs> so I'm waiting. Um, I'm going to be good. I'll wait. Um, but it was the first episode was so good. <laughs> the first? Ah, uh, I have... <laughs> it's not as... I can't get all my thoughts out in five minutes, but uh, <laughs> there's... Because because when because when I had mentioned it to you last time, Alex, I'd only seen the first episode, mm-hmm. and the the first episode is very good, and it's a great encapsulation of it's of of a good idea that could be like a regular like solid reality show that they mm-hmm. could just keep doing forever, and then he keeps pushing it farther. He literally at one point in one of the later episodes says. I don't think I've pushed this idea far enough. <laughs> He's like literally I, trying to push this idea to its absolute conclusion. I got a like, little bit of a glimpse man. because I, I was at first <laughs> I was saving just the second episode to watch with my wife. And I was like, okay, I'll go to the third episode. And I got a little bit of a glimpse that the second episode didn't actually end. <laughs> and he kept going with it. And I was like, oh crap, I got to wait for the whole thing. <laughs> I'm uh, another thing that I'm a sucker for is I'm a sucker for a, a a high concept artist who is trying to follow an idea literally as far as and yeah. beyond <laughs> as far as it can possibly be taken. That's it's absurd. oh my god! I, I it's love just, it. It's just completely absurd. And um, I so I went back and rewatched Nathan for you because I it was like at least that one I've already seen. Um, and. Yeah. I was able to get my my Nathan Fielder uh uh needs met there. <laughs> um and I actually watched a little bit more yesterday. I, I'm I'm back at work and uh 
yay, I'm back at work. Um, and <laughs> we had a lot of work time yesterday, and me and one you of my yeah, uh, we love uh, to see it. Yeah, so like you know, <laughs> completely just like here's the stuff that needs to get done. You have several hours to go do it, um, regardless of if you finish early. Um, and I finished early two weeks ago, or back in the spring, or something like that. Um, and so did <laughs> so did one of my coworkers, who's my my current grade level leader, and. So we are both Nathan Fielder fans, and we just sat in a classroom and airplayed Nathan for you on the projector for like <laughs> five <Wow>. hours. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and I can fully, I can freely Incredible. say that because my assistant principal saw us, and it's fine. <laughs> I t- like I I I I it's again it's like I I yeah like I can't wait to talk about this later like um when when you've seen more of it, but just like. It's it's so enjoyable for me to watch because I really think he's trying to like question like what 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 is TV and what can you do with TV and what is acting and <laughs> and and why do people do it and like what what is anxiety and what does it mean to people and like there's all these huge questions I think he's trying to tackle with this one basic idea of like can I create this uh can i like one one of the most beautiful lines from the first episode is i thought it, when he was describing the uh when he's describing the bar and he said it's the one place in the world where you can't fail and i was mm-hmm. like wow yeah. that's like that's kind of a that's kind of a really powerful idea to think about man i think alex you have homework I, i'm pretty sure you gotta watch some oh uh watching tv is homework oh no yeah Wait, I think I think, I, like, I think you I want to say that so bad, but I can't because I know he won't do it. Yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> I, I I really think you should watch the first two episodes of the rehearsal. I'm I, just saying, I I, I think he would enjoy it. But <laughs> ah, there it is. And and not I I say Which is always fir- what that means. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I say the first two specifically because even without having watched the second episode yet, I can already tell it is just. Like Tony said, he's he went farther. Like it's not the first episode is good and enjoyable. The second episode is beyond anything you expect is going to happen. The first episode is the best pilot for a show I've ever seen. That is also true. It just it's it's because it's just a pilot. Like it's a contained idea that you know he probably made because he had to like sell the idea and get greenlit for the rest of the season. Then he like really starts leaning into the idea after the first episode. Oh my god! It's, it's like all right, now that I'm funded, all right, here we go. <laughs> no more breaks. <laughs> oh man! But you guys like Sunny in Philadelphia. That's also true. But it's a very different type of humor. That's a very different kind of humor. Yeah. Oh, that's actually show. the most encouraging thing I've heard this whole time. I I I think I can say with confidence. That other than Nathan for you, which is this guy's other show, <laughs> mm. I can't think of something that is a similar genre of humor. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, the, the rehearsal is a much more intelligent show. Than, yes, than it's yeah, always Nathan, sunny. it's always sunny. Oh, that's true. Yeah, is is very is very stupid humor. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Yeah, this this one is not stupid. It is very silly at times, <laughs> but it's not stupid. Well, should I watch that or Stranger Things first? Uh, rehearsal. I still haven't watched the new Stranger Things. I, I, I have to. I made a deal with my wife so she'll watch a show that she doesn't want to watch. And the wow. my end of the deal was that I have to watch Stranger Things because I don't want to watch that one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I am, I am excited to watch Stranger Things. I do want to see it. But um, 
But yeah, the I'm, the rehearsal. That's, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's I'm, I'm getting the boys out of that deal. She's gonna watch the boys with me. Oh, that's another. That is another one I've heard that sounded that, interesting. I've it, heard good things. It's yeah. it's very good. I'm I'm gonna be rewatching it with her. I've I've seen all of it already, but um, I definitely recommend it. But I can just play Slay the Spire. <laughs> you can do both. That's what I do. <laughs> I in in my experience I can't do both. If I'm playing Slay the Spire, everything else melts away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the boys I don't or I don't know how much you know about that one, but it's essentially it's uh a hey. world where superheroes exist, um but it's our current world. So you know there there are like corporations that try and control the heroes yep. and make businesses out of them and it's 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 a fun take. Counterpoint Mystery Men did it better. I don't know anything about Mystery Man. that is. Oh, look it up. Educate yourselves. Treat yourselves to a cinematic masterpiece. If you'd like. Nice. Nice.